Mojave Beach Productions. of imagination as Mojave Beach Productions present 227 Treehouse Lane high above common ground where no one lives but you and your imagination Oh, what a great day this is, Esther Hey, do you know that somebody special is listening to us right now? Oh, and I would bet they would love to hear one of our exciting 227 Treehouse Lane stories. What do you think? Well, somebody special is always listening, Patrick. But which story? Do, do you have one in mind? Oh, you know I do. In fact, the other day I was cleaning out the hall closet and I ran across this old, scary witch's hat from Halloween. And do you know what it made me think of? Are you talking about that evil old witch called Spearfinger? Oh, yeah, that's the one. You know, I bet our special friends would love to know that this story is actually based on a real Native American Cherokee legend. Oh, oh, do you know what my favorite part is? I bet I do. It is that where there's this little bitty thing, and I don't want to tell the whole story and give it away, but this little bitty thing does something that all the braves in the Indian village couldn't do. Not even the wise councilmen. Nobody could do it, but this little bitty thing. But I don't want to give the story away. Oh, yeah, that's the one. That's the one, all right. Oh, tell us the story, Esther. Tell us the whole thing. I can't wait. You know, long before you or your parents were born, Cherokee Indian children were told stories, and they were called myths. These myths were so special that they could only be told by certain people within the tribe, and these people were called myth keepers. If you've ever lived in the mountains of West North Carolina or East Tennessee or Northeast Alabama or Northern Georgia, and you were right smack where these great stories first started. So do something for me. Play like you're an Indian child and you're listening to this wonderful, scary story of Spearfinger while your brave father and brothers are out hunting deer for dinner and, and your mom is probably washing your clothes in a nearby stream. You'd have beautifully tanned skin and you'd probably be wearing, oh, brightly colored beads around your neck. And you might have on shoes. Well, all those are actually called moccasins by your people. Soft, pale, white moccasins made from deer skin. Because, you know, Indians didn't kill for pleasure or sport. They killed for food to eat and for the clothing that could be made of animal skin and fur. So just sort of play like that. Now close your eyes if you want to and Let's pretend. Long, long ago, there lived way high on a bleak and windy mountain, a terrible witch whose food was human livers. And the worst thing about it was that she could make herself look like anyone. Though she mostly chose to look like a sweet old lady. 
And if you touched her skin, oh boy, would you be in for a shock. It was hard as shell. And on her right hand, listen to this, she had a long, crooked finger made of pure bone. Uh-huh, no skin at all, just bone. It looked so much like a spearhead, you know, the end of an arrow, that people actually called the witch spear finger. Whenever she got near anyone, she'd shoot that finger at them and she'd spear them. She loved to travel and she especially liked the cool streams of a place called Nantahala. Her favorite place to wait for victims was on a trail where the mountains came down to the river. And she had lots of patience. Oh, that woman, she could wait and wait like a bird waiting for a worm. Well, sometimes she dozed. And of course, she snored like a horse when she slept. So people were able to get away before she woke up. But if she wasn't asleep, watch out. When she'd see children playing near the village, oh, she'd put on an innocent smile, and she'd say, oh, come, my children, come to this old granny. I have candy for you. Ho, ho, ho. When strangers say that, kids, beware. They're up to no good. For if you got close enough to take the piece of candy, then you were close enough to get speared. Well, anyway, it was a bright summer morning when Spearfinger, disguised as the sweetest little old lady in the world, came into the neighborhood of Indian women. Why, hello, she cooed to the mother of a tiny baby boy. Oh, what a little darling, she said, touching the baby's blanket. May I hold him for a moment? Well, the mother kind of hesitated. I mean, there was something about the old woman that made her feel, you know, kind of mm, funny. So she kind of held the baby closer to her, and she said, no, no, I don't think so. Not today. Oh, said Spearfinger, trying to coax her. Such a sweet little face. May I kiss its tiny ear? Well, just then an Indian brave rode into the village. He was on his pony, but he recognized the evil woman. Rodney shouted to the mother, get away from her, she eats baby liver. (laughs) The mother snatched her baby closer to her and she ran for the house while several Indian braves descended on the witch. I mean, from the forest came fathers and sons on horseback and from the river came others just thundering toward her. But you know what, the old woman got away, yep, Right before their very eyes, she spun around three times and whirled herself right up into the sky. And when she got up there, she rode a cloud to the top of her mountain, safe from the furious crowd below. And she watched, and she vowed to get even with them. Yep. Then she broke into a nasty laugh as lightning and thunder cracked and rumbled. A hunter below heard her, and when he got back to the village, a meeting was called of all the wise men in the tribe. 
The chief asked them to find a way to get rid of Spearfinger once and for all. I mean, great minds puzzled over this problem. Finally, a brave named Singing Sung, he came up with an idea that everyone liked immediately. Let's dig a pit in the ground out by the trail where she loves to wait for victims, he said. And then when she falls in, we'll tie her in a net. Oh, what will we do with her then, the chief asked. Singing Song replied, well, we'll send her out to sea where she'll just bob and drift for the rest of her life and she'll be covered with salt water and, and that'll make her bony spear finger shrivel up and fall off. Well, let her float under the blistering sun. Let her bake all summer. You'll just let her toss on those giant waves of every storm. Well, the chief thought that over. Is, is that not a harsh judgment, he asked? But the others, they, you know, they sort of quickly reminded him of the evil Spearfinger had brought to them. And when the chief remembered the awful things this witch had done, he decided that, that what Singing Song proposed was, was really indeed fair judgment for one so evil. So all the warriors, they got up at dawn and they gathered up sticks with which to dig a deep hole across Spearfinger's favorite trail. Then they covered the hole with grass and earth as if, as if the ground, you know, had never been disturbed. And they hid in the laurel bushes to wait. Yeah. And there were birds singing in the trees as the minutes they sort of ticked away. Nobody moved from their hiding place, though. And soon, oh, soon, they saw from their hiding place an old woman coming along the trail. I mean, every heartbeat just fiercely as they held their breath, hoping that today would end the terror caused by this one horrible old witch. Closer she came to the trap, closer her footsteps fell to the pit, so cleverly disguised, and then it happened! Yes! She's... Ah! Oh my goodness, she stepped onto the covering and down she went with a chilling scream. Immediately that terrible bony finger shot out in every direction, trying to stab someone, anyone, and her foul mouth could be heard for miles. Well, the warriors, they rushed out to surround the pit. Some were shooting arrows at the witch, but they only bounced off of her shell like skin. How would they ever get a net around her when she lashed out with that sharp finger and, and was just slicing everything that got near her? The arrows were being wasted. Oh, goodness. She was even picking them up and hurling them back at the braves, and many of them were hitting her. <laughs> and suddenly, wait a minute now, suddenly, a small bird began to sing from an overhead branch. Well, the warriors thought he was singing a song of the heart, you know, and the word for it in their language was anahu. And they took that to mean they should aim their arrows at the witch's heart. So that's what they did. But you know what? She had no heart. She had only the skin of marble that their arrows couldn't penetrate. Oh my goodness, the warriors were near despair. I mean, nothing was working. Soon the evil one would figure out how to dig her bony finger into the side of the pit and climb away. Oh boy, they had to stop her. And that's when another little bird, the chickadee, flew down from a treetop, and he perched on the witch's dreadful right hand. 
Well, the warriors took this to mean they must aim there with only two arrows left, a brave aimed at that long, bony finger. And it worked! <coughs> the witch's cruel heart was inside that beastly hand. Although it was only nicked by the first arrow, they realized by the way she reacted that she was now thoroughly frightened. They had learned the secret location of her black heart. Oh, she balled up her fist and she tried to hide her hand from the last of the arrows, but you know what? It didn't do any good. No, sir. The little chickadee, he pecked at her wrist and caused her to open her fist, and the arrow pierced it. And the wicked witch fell dead to the ground. Well, whew. ever since then, the chickadee has been known by Cherokee Indians as a truth teller. And when a brave leaves the village to hunt or to go on other business, if this little bird comes along and perches near his house and chirps his song, it's a promise to the family that he will soon return safe and sound. And a chickadee never lies. Lies. This has been the story of Spearfinger, adapted for 227 Treehouse Lane by Esther Luttrell. Music was composed and performed by David Renda of Fesleyan Studios. And this is your producer, Patrick McGranahan, inviting you to come back for more stories from 227 Treehouse Lane, high above common ground where no one lives but you and your imagination. Tell them goodbye, Esther. Bye. See you next time. Mojave Beach Productions. I just want to take a moment to thank you for soaring with us on the wings of imagination as you listen to stories we're having so much fun creating for you. If you enjoy what you hear, take a moment to subscribe to Mojave Beach Productions on your favorite podcast app. And thanks a million.